How you doing, Rock Family? How you doing, Rock Family? Welcome to church. Happy Sunday. We are going to preach the word and get in your business again today. If you are a visitor, my name is Miles, pastor of the Rock Church. Welcome to church today. And my prayer is that God and the Holy Spirit would challenge you right where you're at. Um, whatever device you're on, please hit the share button. We want to get this message out to as many people as possible. And I pray that this series that we started two weeks ago is challenging you and um, just opening up your eyes to a, a higher level of commitment to Christ and the, and the responsibility that he has given all of us. And I pray he's stirring you up to see the kingdom of God expansion opportunities in your life. Um, so we're going to get on our knees and pray. Um, and as we do this, whenever we get on our knees and pray, we are telling God, God, uh, you are in control. And so wherever you're at, even if you're by your house in your kitchen, just get on your knees. I got concrete under here and wood, so uh, your, your knees can handle it. So get on your knees, look at the people around you. I'll just wait because I know some of y'all are probably just still sitting there. Let's get on our knees. Our physical posture says a lot about our heart posture. You know, you ever, you ever, you ever talk to somebody and they're like this? Yeah, I'm listening. They ain't listening. <laughs> they're just waiting for you to shut up. So this is, this is a posture saying, Lord, we surrender. Amen. Okay, let's get on your knees. Come, come, darling. Okay. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I pray that even now as people kneel, they would be reminded that they're not in charge. Even though we fight, fight to do what we want, you are in charge. And I pray as you challenge us to be focused and to remove distractions from our life so we can make a difference. I pray you reveal to us those things that get in the way of us obeying you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, give someone a high five next to you, wherever you're at in your house. Um, get your Bible out. Get your Bible out. We're going to turn to Matthew here in a minute. If you lift your Bible up on account count of three, say word one. Two, three, word. Talk to, turn to Matthew <clears throat> chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some stats to you about a young lady named Maya Moore. I don't know if you ever heard her name. If you know anything about sports, you know Maya Moore. If you know anything about <laughs> women of God who are doing amazing things in culture and she is a sold-out believer... You know Maya Moore. I want to read these stats to you because it's just, it's just, I can't even read them all because the stats and accomplishments that she has done in basketball, women's basketball, I'm only going to do college and pro, is unbelievable. Uh, she went to UConn. She was a, well, let me see, college football. She's the most prolific basketball player in college football history. In UConn, she led her team to four years. She started four years straight, 150 wins, four losses. She went to four um, NCAA tournaments. She scored 3,000 points in her four years. She was All-American <laughs> uh, multiple times, rookie, uh, uh, player of the year. When she went to the WNBA, she was a champ four times in WNBA. She was MVP one time. She was the most valuable player one time. She was rookie of the year. She was first team WNBA five times. She also won Olympic gold medal. On and on and on and on and on. And in the height of her career, which was last year, she 
went to a prison ministry. She met a guy in prison and learned about the criminal justice system and the injustices and imbalances in the criminal justice system. And she's got this passion to fight for justice for a young man named Jonathan Irons, which became like a brother to her. And she said, that, and her God tell her, this is what I want you to focus on. So she walked away from her WNBA career for the last year and said, I'm going to fight for justice, not only in the system, but specifically for this young man who, when he was a teenager, got sentenced to 50 years. He was just recently released. She got a lawyer for him, helped him get a better lawyer, and they overturned his conviction, and he was released. She felt God had called her to do that, and now she's deciding, do I go back to basketball? What's interesting about this story, you would think basketball was her focus, but really her focus was being a difference maker. We've been studying this series and going in this series called A Difference Maker, and that is a disciple of Christ who expands the kingdom of God on earth. Remember I asked you a couple weeks ago, why did you become a Christian? Some of you said, I want to go to heaven. Some of you said, I want to be happier. Some of you said, I want to love people better. That's all good. But really, Jesus died, rose from the dead, and ascended to heaven that he may establish the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through his disciples. So our job as disciples is to walk with Christ and to make a difference by expanding God's kingdom on earth. And we do that by being obedient. But you cannot do that if you are distracted. Today I want to talk about a difference maker's focus. That you and I need to learn to avoid everything that distracts us from obeying God. So let's review. As a difference maker, you need to do three things. As a difference-making disciple, you need to do three things. You need to do ministry according to your gifts. You need to mentor and multiply. So here's three questions you have to ask yourself. I'm going to ask you these three questions every single week. Are you leveraging your gifts to do ministry that expands the kingdom of God? Very simple. Are you leveraging your gifts? It's either yes or no. How are you doing that? I'm leveraging my gifts right now. This is one of the ways I leverage my gifts to do ministry to expand the kingdom. So you need to ask yourself, are you doing that? If not, we want to help you. Get in our group. We want to help you get in that process. Number two, are you mentoring someone or equipping someone to expand the kingdom? We do that in our R groups, in our D groups. I have, a, I have an R group we meet every week. How am I mentoring them to, do, to expand the kingdom by using their gifts? And then number three, are you multiplying or sending them out to do ministry on their own? We've been to- we're talking about this series and these three things, and we'll keep doing that for several weeks. But today we're going to talk about how you can't do that effectively if you have distractions in your life. Maya Moore said, listen, I got a whole WNBA career, whole professional athlete career. And yes, I may be all that in a bag of chips and basketball, but God has given me a focus and I need to remove distractions. So she walked away from her basketball career for a year and maybe longer. Who knows? We'll see. So the question is, are you willing to, be, to avoid the distractions in your life? Look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is going to tell his disciples, I'm getting ready to be arrested, be tortured, and killed. That's my mission. 
It don't sound sexy. It don't sound, it don't sound enjoyable, but that's what he has to do. And Peter is going to say, no, 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 no. And, and, and Jesus is going to not only remove distractions from his own life, he's going to challenge Peter to see the distractions in his life. And then he's going to send those guys out with a charge to not be distracted by the world. So as difference-making disciples, you have to say, Lord, what are the distractions in my life? Because I can't minister with, that, with distractions. We all know what they are. And then i got to help the people I'm mentoring to remove the distractions from their life. And then as I multiply and send them out, i got to charge them to stay focused. Focused. Remember, this is difference-makers' focus. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, let's read this. It says... From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised on the third day. So he's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get arrested. I'm going to get beat. They're going to whip me. We don't know all the details he shared with them, but it was bad enough. And then Peter took him aside and said, oh, 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 come here. Hey, check this out. Far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you. You're the man. You can't let them do that to you. And he turned and said, Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Whew. Number one, number one. Like Jesus, we minister with effectiveness by refusing to be distracted from the mission. If you are to minister, if you are to minister... Like Jesus, we need to minister with effectiveness by refusing to be distracted from our mission. You have to remove all the distractions from your mission. When I was uh, playing in NFL, when we had a home game on Sunday, no matter what day it was, but usually it was on Sunday. On Saturday, we would have, um, we'd have to meet at the hotel locally. You couldn't stay at your house. We'd have a little walk through in the morning, but then we would go to the hotel about think six o'clock for dinner uh, and, and then meetings. And then we spend a night, a curfew at 10, 9, whatever it was. Why? Remove distractions. They didn't want guys out there partying. They didn't want guys at home. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want guys, you know, doing stuff they shouldn't have done. They, want, they wanted us focused. So we, we would have dinner together. We'd have, eat for dinner together. And then we'd have meetings. And then we would go to bed, to our room. That was 100% to remove distraction. What are the distractions in your life? Here's Jesus. He's saying, I got to die. He's, it's bad enough. He's got to go get killed, go, betrayed, denied, whipped, beat on, spit on, cru, uh, crucified, hang on. He knows it's coming. He says, man, this is hard enough. He tells his disciples, try to get some support. And they go, no, 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 no. They try to pull him away. Now, you would, imagine, you would think that it would sound reasonable. That you would say, Jesus, we don't want you to happen to you. Well, it's not that he wanted it to happen either. He knew it had to happen. Remember last week we talked about face-to-face -face intimacy, which is um, intimacy being vulnerable proximity, which means, God, I'm so close to you. I surrender to you. Just take me where you want. And God led him to the cross. And when he was praying, he said, not my will, but your will be done. And he was sweating blood It was because he knew it was so hard. So it's not like he was looking forward to it. And he says, to, Peter says to him, 
Uh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. And look what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. He says, he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are a distraction to me. Anything, anything that distracts you from God's mission is from Satan. Don't think Satan is the horns and, the, you know, the blood and, you know, murder. All that's from Satan, no doubt. But even the subtle, hey, 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 you don't need to read your Bible today. You don't need to pray today. You, you don't need to serve. You don't need to really tithe or give financially. No, just, just cut corners. All that, all those little subtle things, the devil is so subtle, are distractions. And if we are going to make a difference and build the kingdom, we got to remove all those distractions. The stuff you, the music you listen to, the news you listen to, the often, how often you listen to the news, all the stuff that junk they're putting in your head about those people and those people and those people. You know what I'm talking about. All the racial division and all the, 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 the talking about the people who are not like you and the disagreements, all that is a distraction from what God has called you to do. You need to keep your mind focused on what Jesus is telling you. So if you are going to minister, minister and expand the kingdom with effectiveness, you need to remove your distractions. So the first thing I would encourage you to ask you is, what are those distractions? Sit down and think about it. I mean, how much time during the day do you spend thinking about stuff that has nothing to do with God's plan for your life? Has nothing to do with the ministry he's put on your heart, the gifts he's given you, the opportunities, the people he's called you to mentor. It's all about other stuff. It's a distraction. You can die, we'll see in a minute, gain the whole world and lose your soul. What good did it do? Number two, number two, like Jesus, we mentor others by helping others identify the distractions in their own life. Every time you come to church, every time you read the Bible, every time you pray, anytime you hear something that's you feel like, I'm not supposed to do that. That's a distraction. God is just revealing to you a distraction that he wants to remove from your life. It's not complicated. And if you can identify those things, those distractions that God's trying to move from your life and act on it and just do one a day, you may notice, hey, you know, I, I watch too much TV. I, 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 I'm in too many you know, on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook too long, looking at other people's feeds and arguing. Just time. You could actually look on your social media and find out how much time you are spending on your social media. And think about if you just took that time and sat with God. You have to remove those. What I'm doing right now is trying to help you think about the distractions in your life. And if you could just remove one a day, just one. Okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to watch the news one cycle. I'm going to watch it once. I don't need to hear Dr. Fauci say the same thing five times. <laughs> I'm just going to listen to it one time. And, and by the way, I don't even need to hear it when it comes on. I could tape it and listen to it later. You can control and have to control your time and how you use your time. So the, first, the first, next thing you do, you need to deal with your own distractions. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 23. He turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. And then he says, you are offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Here's what I'm challenging you in. 
what are the things of man, of, wor of the world, that have nothing to do with the things of God that you think about? That's the question. What are the things in your life that you think about, worry about, talk about, gossip about, complain about, that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God? Deal with those things. Write them down. Just pray, Lord, I pray this out of my life. I pray this out of my life. What are the things you worry about that distract you from thinking about God, having intimacy with God, face-to-face -face intimacy with God? What are the things you worry about that prevent you from hearing God's voice? Loving like God wants you to love. Number three, like Jesus, we multiply ourselves by redirecting others from their distractions. By saying, look, I, I want to give you instruction. These are the people I'm mentoring. Remember, I have to minister, I have to mentor, and then I have to multiply. And I multiply myself in this area by helping people do ministry mindful of the distractions they need to avoid. You ever notice how um, when you come to church, people are real nice, they want to serve, praise the Lord, they're dressed nice, they're friendly, they're courteous, for the most part. I mean, some people come here grumpy, and God bless them. They're having a bad day, so they should be here. But other people are really nice, right? And sometimes you see those same people outside church, and they ain't as nice as in church. And then you say it's fake. Now, sometimes it's fake or sometimes it's like this, they're having a bad day. Or sometimes, look, they, they, they're trying harder here. And then they get out there and they're distracted by stuff people are saying, by people cutting them off in the parking lot or whatever. And they just lose their salvation, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. <laughs> look what it says. Jesus said, Matthew 16, 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit if you, if you gain the whole world and lost your soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What does that mean? Jesus was saying to his disciples, look, when you live your life, I'm getting ready to leave. If you're going to do what I did, and live like I lived, you're going to have to deny yourself. It's not about me. Pick up your cross and then do what I did. Follow my example. We're going to pray here in a minute. And there's so many out there, you pray to ask Christ to be your Savior. But you have so many distractions in your life from you being effective and growing the kingdom. In this series, we've been talking about being a difference maker, a disciple who does ministry with their gifts, who mentors others in their walk with God, and then multiplies themselves through those people. We want to make that easy for you. We want to help you be a difference maker where you're not just coming to church and going to work. Or going to school. So I want to pray for difference-making focus on your life. And what does that mean? Is that you would identify and remove the distractions from your life. Just one. Just one. To give more time to God. That you can hear his voice and have that face-to-face -face intimacy with God. And that you can be more committed to pursuing his will, seeing what he's doing in people's lives. 
and that you can be a difference maker who expands the kingdom of God without distractions and that you're not a double-minded man being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and belief and, and uh, theory and fad in the world, but you are focused like Maya was. Maya said, look, listen, as, as important as my career is, this is more important. So I got to walk away from that because I got to be focused. Was that a sacrifice? From our eyes, yes, but from her eyes, it's what I'm called to do. I don't want to gain the world and lose my soul. I don't want to gain the world and lose out on what God has called me to do to build the kingdom of God. So I'm going to pray difference maker focus on your life. And after I pray, I'm going to challenge you to get in a group. Yes, there's a theme in this series. I'm asking you to get in groups. Because if you're in a group and you have mutual accountability to someone and you guys are walking your walk together, God is going to do something amazing in your life. So let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you that when you came to earth and had to suffer for our benefit, that you didn't let anything get in the way, even your disciples, even what looked like good intention. I pray that you challenge us to identify and eliminate the distractions in our life so we can minister effectively, mentor others effectively, and multiply ourselves and others effectively. So if you would like to be a difference maker with focus, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I know you have an assignment for me, a purpose for my life. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my time, my words, my purpose. Open my eyes to my distractions. The simplest things that get in the way of me obeying you. I surrender my time to you. Give me crystal clarity and discipline to stay focused on the mission you have given me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and a passion to build the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer to ask Christ to be your Savior, text the word SAVE to 52525. But if you are already saved, I want to challenge you to text GROUPS to 52525. GROUPS and either start a group or get in a group. And in that group, you are going to be able to do ministry, mentor others and be mentored, and then eventually see your life multiplied in someone else. God bless you. We'll see you next week. It's going to be awesome next week. Come next week, be on time, and be ready. Get your heart ready. God bless you.